what is up you guys i hope you're having an amazing incredible day welcome back to the happy bod squad pod as you know on wednesdays we listen to the podcast it's your girl jen coco coach coco here and i am so excited because i have the lovely the amazing the oh so smart and talented coach rio here with me today so what's up coach rio how you doing Hey guys, I'm fantastic as per usual. I'm very excited to talk about this topic today. I think Jen is too. So I hope yeah. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> I am super excited. It's a great one. Today we're actually going to talk about guilt-free snacking, aka how do you eat foods that would be traditionally considered less nutritious as snacks without feeling the anxiety or guilt, or honestly, just eating snacks in between your meals without the fear of it sabotaging your progress, which is a super important topic for us to talk about because it's like, you know, it's so important that this program fits in with your lifestyle because what fits in with your lifestyle is sustainable. I cannot tell you how many women I've talked to who are like, yes, I followed a program previously before the happy bod squad. And it was super strict. I did it. I made it work and I got awesome results. You know, I lost, you know, 20 pounds in three months, but then within the next year, I gained it all back because it just wasn't sustainable for me. Like I get it. I was literally there. I was that girl who was doing that year after year, except in my case, it was like, I wasn't only gaining back the 20 pounds that I lost, but I was usually gaining back an extra five to 10 pounds. Cause it was almost like swinging so far in the opposite direction to overcorrect after having limited my food for so long. So I am really excited to dive into this today with you coach Rio. And I'm just really curious, like, what was it that you, that inspired you to talk about this topic today? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the biggest inspiration are the clients, right? I find myself having lots of conversations, letting you all know, like, it's okay to have snacks, you know? And I think it's easier also to have the, the more nutrient dense snack foods. It's easier to kind of like wrap your head around that, right? Like anyone knows it's fine to have carrots and hummus. Anyone knows it's okay to have like a rice cake, et cetera. Right. And I think where I find a lot of the challenges though, regarding snack foods is around like the less nutritious ones that are like so freaking delicious. Right. So <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because I think, um, we, we've, that challenge comes from being influenced by diet culture. And I think we've all at some point have had some sort of influence of diet culture at one point of our lives. Um, and so we develop a lot of beliefs about foods that contribute to kind of like this all or nothing deprivation method or way of thinking, um, when it comes to like what it takes to be healthy and get the body we want. And so things like carbs are the number one most hated food in the diet industry. Um, and I think snacking in general just comes in at a close number two. A lot of people have been told that, you know, snacking is problematic. So you'd adopt that philosophy. And so here's the thing, there's hundreds and thousands of individuals that have learned to take control of their health, you know, and lose weight and get the body they want without being restrictive and without having this unhealthy relationship with food and snacking. So I just wanted to share some of the methods with everyone that have been used, tested and scientifically backed up that proves balance is going to be your key to success. Wow. So we've got hashtag science 
built <laughs> for today's topic as well. And, you know, I think that this is so important as well, because in a lot of cases, you know, case, circumstances where we find ourselves overeating, overindulging, swinging too far in that opposite direction is because we feel heavily restricted, right? Mm-hmm. And I know for me, if I don't get my afternoon snack in between lunch and dinner, I am so ravishing come dinner time. If I'm out to eat, I'm way more likely to order a like significantly more decadent meal, you know, get the appetizer, the entree and the dessert and the drinks, or I'm way more likely to be like eating my food as I'm cooking and prepping it, which of course is absolutely completely fine from a mindset perspective. And it's a lot easier to kind of add in extra calories that we're just not aware of, right? Especially if we are tracking our food, especially if we do have like a specific uh, weight loss or body recomposition goal in mind. What's really interesting is this snacking, we villainize thinking snacking is going to be the thing that sabotages our goals, but actually sometimes not having the snack then causes you to then sabotage your goals and you don't even know that it's happening. So why do you think snacking has become such a negative thing in the diet and food industry? Why does it get such a bad rap? Yeah, well, because I mean, I think the facts are that traditional packaged snacks, what we lovingly call junk food, right, are really not winning any awards in the highly nutritious department, right? Like this is fact. And so regarding how the body works, when you consume something that doesn't have a ton of nutritional value for your body to use, the majority of what you do eat stores is fat. And so these are things that are very refined. They come with lots of calories, often lots of preservatives and other chemicals that may have you even wondering if this stuff is legal. Um, And the thing about it is though, they're all insanely delicious and in some cases outright addicting. So snacking is valid, you know, as far as the concern behind it for most because of those reasons. Yeah. And um, it's funny that you say you wonder whether or not they're legal because in a lot of countries, a lot of foods that are available in the U.S. are illegal elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I saw this video maybe a month ago and it was like five things in the U.S. that are literally illegal um, in Europe. And I'm trying to remember Skittles. Skittles was the one that hurt the deepest. <laughs> I love Skittles. I was like, really? <laughs> So Skittles were illegal. Um, I think like Twinkies and Ho-Hos, like all the different like uh, variations of that. Um, uh, I don't think Top Ramen was, but it was like something very similar to Top Ramen. Uh, Gatorade is illegal actually mm-hmm. in certain countries, which that one shocked me because like Gatorade is something all the athletes promote. All the athletes are sponsored by when you're sick, I always turn to get um, Gatorade. So it was really crazy to see these things that are very commonplace yeah. are considered illegal in other countries. And um, yeah, so <laughs> with that, like with all of these negative things surrounding snacking, why is it actually important to be incorporating this on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a good one. So basically there's, there's kind of three main reasons I would say are what you're going to want to consider as far as incorporating snacking. The first one is very, just kind of straightforward. You're going to do it anyway, right? Like 
okay so you know how like because the way I look at this you know how like when you're like in your early 20s well some of our listeners are still in their early 20s but like (laughs) (laughs) it's still probably relatable but like think about like when you first started drinking right and Mm -hmm. like you didn't really know what your limits were and so like maybe you drank too much maybe you had a couple of hangovers you feel sick to your stomach Mm -hmm. and then like what do you always say I'm never gonna drink again right we Uh, always say that and uh it's a hundred percent not true we always drink again right and so I feel like most of us has been here like at least once right but so I kind of like think of it that way and so like when you think so we do that with snacking too right so like Mm -hmm. Jen what's your favorite snack food like in the entire world in the entire world <laughs> uh, I would say like if I could literally only choose one snack for the entire rest of my life it would probably be chips and like the sour cream and onion cheddar it was like cheddar sour cream and onion like so oh, niche yes yeah, I think that would be yeah. it so like, okay, so when you first started your weight loss journey, or like maybe even before, how many times did you feel guilty eating like the cheddar, sour cream and onion chips and like saying to yourself, like, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to yeah. have it. Well, you know, I think I never felt guilty in the moment, right? It was always after the moment. Mm-hmm. And it was always when I had way too many, because it's like, you know, you go to the grocery store and you can either pay two dollars for the tiny like single serving bag Mm -hmm. that you know is like three quarters empty or you can pay three dollars and get the family size bag which you know has like five times as many (laughs) chips in them Uh, (laughs) um, but only you know one dollar more so that way you know it's just like it's the fiscally responsible thing to do that's how we justify it to get the bigger bag (laughs) But then, of course, you end up eating most of the, like, there are plenty of times that I'm sure I got, like, 90% of the way through a family-sized bag and was like, oh, no. (laughs) You don't realize it because you're just, like, sitting there, you're eating from the bag, and there's, like, so many chemicals and things in there that it's, like, so easy to just eat the entire thing. Um, And then, like, the stomach ache afterwards was always the worst. And then you feel so shitty. You just, like, I would just, like, sit on the couch and watch Netflix and literally wait to, like, not feel uncomfortably full anymore. anymore. Feel like I could do anything else. Yeah, exactly. And see, and so I think that's so relatable. Like, I think we all can say that we've been, whether you're, like, on a weight loss journey or not, we all have some sort of snack food where, like, we are so like in love with it and we try to like we get in this cycle of like abstinence right like we try to just like stay away from it and Mm -hmm. like we do it for a period of time and then like we'll end up having way more of it than what we anticipated and like now I will say like some people have what we call like trigger foods right that can make them feel like totally out of control emotionally Mm -hmm. or mentally even chucked out while eating it so they kind of just deem it best to stay away from that food for like a specified period of time but like even with that meanwhile the goal there is to address what those underlining things are Mm -hmm. um and kind of like take that on ahead but typically like you know most people just kind of including a bit of what you love regularly has actually proven to help curb the cravings and actually feel more satisfied Mm -hmm. and in control um so anyway so that's the first one so the second one really quick um this is something that I think us coaches actually preach to you guys all the time and that it's just that the reality is that 
you truly don't need to eat perfectly 100% of the time in order to make progress in mm. what you're looking for. And mm. we talk a lot about like the 80-20 rule here. Um, some research even supports a 70-30 split, but like basically the point is the majority of your food should be nutrient dense, minimally processed, eat meals that are well-rounded with the macros that you need. That's basically what the goals need to be. Um, and Jen and I were actually chatting before this. I was thinking about doing another podcast episode about like the true facts about what it takes to lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way from yeah. a scientific standpoint, since we love science here. So we might yeah. do that. Um, next. And then the last one that I wanted to share with you guys um, is the reason is actually like, I think this is the most interesting reason. And I think it's because reasonable amounts of junk food have actually been found to boost your health. And so really, (laughs) so this goes into like what you like hear us talking a lot about in the program, especially in the happy life squad regarding addressing your overall well-being and all of the areas of your life. And so when I coach you guys, I want to teach you about these intersecting aspects of your life and well-being and understanding that they're kind of a part of like this overarching thing that we call deep health and like deep health in like a very, very small condensed version is just is about focusing not just on like your physical, but like the mental and social side of things as well. So like in short, paying a paying respect to like your health is not just about being a certain weight or like combating disease. It's about like how can what I'm doing enhance every part of me in my life? So you want to think of each of the different areas of your life as like battery packs, right? And there are things that drain those battery packs. And then there are things that recharge them. And it, this can include food and not food related things. But since we're talking about food and snacking today, your snack foods, even if they're not the most nutrient dense, you're not using them to charge that, that physical health side of your battery pack right now. Those that can be used to charge other battery packs in the other areas of your life. But if you're consuming them intentionally and with, you know, that sense of control. Yeah. And it's a really interesting perspective to take, right? Because I think there is a lot of food shame and a lot of food guilt in the diet, in the health, in the weight loss industry. But I mean, balance is so important if for no other reason than a mental health perspective like is it physically healthier for you to eat vegetables and meats and whole grains than it is to eat like skittles and oreos yes absolutely but for some people like emotional nourishment comes from enjoying those snack foods because if you constantly feel like you're restricting if you constantly feel like you're making these sacrifices and you constantly feel like you're almost trapped by the food that you're eating like studies have shown that our mental and emotional response around food has a significant impact on the way in which it's almost like processed and digested in our bodies. And this reminds me a lot of a client that we had in the Happy Bod Squad about two years ago. So it was probably like a year and a half, two years ago at this point, her name is Tori. And I have permission to share this story because I've shared this one before. She actually, we called it cupcake gate. And so Tori, (laughs) yeah, so Tori came in to the happy bod squad 
And um, what's cool about Tori's story, Tori's story, that's cute, is we actually, we knew each other, we went to middle school together, we were kind of arch nemeses in middle school, but then in high school, we reconnected and realized that we were like the same, well, we were very similar in a lot of, I don't want to say we're the same, but we were very similar in a lot of ways, so we, we became like best friends. Um, and then of course in college, we went different paths, kind of lost touch. And then after she found out about happy bod squad, she approached me and was like, Hey, I'm not super stoked with how my body has shifted over the last few years. I feel like my metabolism has really caught up to me and I'm ready to take back control of my health. And I was like, awesome, cool. Welcome to the squad. Um, and so she joined and she saw pretty dramatic results. I think in her first two months, she did lose about, um, 15 pounds, which we came to her and we were like, Tori, we think you're losing weight too quickly. Actually, as a matter of fact, we were like, we're really happy for you and we're super proud of you, but we noticed you're falling low on your calories every single day and Mm -hmm. you're not allowing yourself any flexibility within your program. Um, sure enough, (laughs) a few days after this, she had a really, she was in medical school and working and she had a really stressful, I think it was like midterms, just was under a lot, a lot of stress. And she wound up going to the grocery store and she bought like a dozen cupcakes from the grocery store. And I think she sat there and ate the entire box. Um, she was devastated. She was so upset. Number one, she just felt like physically like shit. And then she was really beating herself up for this. She was like, man, I feel like all of my hard work over the last two months was totally wasted. You know, this and that. She like stepped on the scale the next day and it had gone up a few pounds, which we as coaches know is primarily water weight. It would be, even if you eat 12 cupcakes, um, in order for you to gain back 15 pounds of fat, that would have to be 45 pounds thousand calories which would be quite impressive Uh, um how many calories would that be per that'd be like three thousand calories per cupcake thirty five hundred calories wild um (laughs) yeah it's like a giant cupcake each (laughs) i know literally can you imagine a thirty five hundred calorie cup that's i think that's just like a cake at that point it's just the whole cake yeah anyways we had a conversation with her and it was like you're too restrictive. Like we need to incorporate healthy snacks. What's your favorite treat food? Um, and the answer was Oreos, which is really funny because then I remembered like in high school sitting, you know, you know, in high school you have sleepovers, you sleep in the same bed. I don't know. Maybe that was a Connecticut thing. Maybe not, but we would just like sit in bed and eat Oreos and like watch weird shit on YouTube, you know? Um, and I was like, of course it's Oreos. So anyways, from then on, we were like, okay, you are having two Oreos, one serving, two Oreos every single day for the rest of your program. It's only 150 calories and you can have them in the afternoon. You can have them after dinner. You can have them whatever the heck you want, but we want two Oreos in the program every single day. We incorporated that. And then she stayed on the track. She stayed on course. Of course, the weight that she had gained from the cupcakes came off mm-hmm. within the next few days. Um, and she was able to finish her time in the happy bond squad with absolutely amazing, incredible results. And so literally it was adding in the Oreos that kept her going <laughs> on her successful health and weight loss journey. And um, the last thing that I'll add in about our perception of food was this one was a study. And um, the study 
they explain it. So there's a book called The Expectation Effect, which I highly, highly, highly recommend anyone listening to this podcast that you check out. I got mine on Audible. And The Expectation Effect, the whole argument is that what we expect in life is usually what we get. And of course, a big, one of the most common examples that the author uses is health and weight loss. And so they did this milkshake study. This is the coolest fucking thing ever. They did this milkshake study and they had three groups of people. Now, the first group of people, they said, we have this great new diet milkshake. It's so amazing. It's super low calorie, low fat, low carb. It's only 200 calories. It's amazing. Um, And it's got like all the nutrients in it that you need for a full meal. They gave it to one group. The second group that they had, they said, hey, we've got this new uh, milkshake and it's really amazing. It's super filling. It's got all the things that you need. It is on the higher calorie end. It's got about 600 calories in it, but that's because it's full of like healthy nutrients, healthy fats, healthy carbs, healthy proteins, and it's going to be great. And like, it's totally going to nourish you and all these different things. So they had these two groups. Now, the reality was that the milkshake or the shake or whatever it was actually had 400 calories. So the true shake had 400 calories, but 50% of people thought it had 200, 50% of people thought it had 600. And here's the coolest part. The group who had, who thought they were eating a 200 calorie shake reported decreased satisfaction, decreased satiation, and had to have their second meal, I think within like two hours of having this shake. The other group that thought that they had a 600 calorie meal felt more nourished, more satiated and more satisfied and didn't feel the need to have another meal until like uh, five or six hours later when it was time for their dinner. And not only was their mental perspective shifted, but they actually measured their ghrelin and leptin, which are your hormones for satiation and hunger. And they saw that those who thought that they were eating a 200 calorie shake physiologically experienced greater hunger and lesser satiation than those who thought they were eating, like those who thought they were eating a higher calorie showed ghrelin and leptin levels for the people who had just eaten the 600 calorie shake like it was the coolest freaking study in the entire world (laughs) so there's my TED talk thank you so much for coming (laughs) um and with that like what are so now that we know why this is so important and we've heard stories and we've got the research and the science behind it like how do we start to overcome that fear How do we intentionally snack and enjoy less nutritious foods without ending up like, you know, Jen Coco circa 2014 eating the entire family size bag of chips? Like, where is that balance? Yeah, there's a couple of things for you to try. Um, The first step I would say to consider would be to decide whether the benefits are worth the trade-offs. So basically you ask yourself, does this get me more of what I want? And not just from a perspective, from a health standpoint, but 
if it's regarding those other areas of your life, those other, remember the battery packs, right? Does this get me more of what I want? Ha ask yourself that question. Another thing that you can try is to notice and name the voice of shame. Um, if you're having any negative feelings around a particular snack food you're eating, call out the negative talk and start thinking about what you want for yourself instead. Have a dialogue in your head or out loud if you want to, but have a dialogue with yourself about what you want more of regarding your health instead of letting the self-shaming run rampant, right? Mm -hmm. My clients know I say this all the time. Don't argue with other people, argue with yourself, right? So if you're finding yourself going on this binge of self-shame, right? It actually just causes you to want to keep drowning your sorrows in that bag of Cheetos or cheddar sour cream <laughs> lays, you know, so have the discussion back with yourself. Okay. What more do I want? Right. Instead. Um, another thing that you can try, try to design structures and systems for your snacking. So this is very similar to what Jen was just talking about. First of all, ask yourself the question, what will make it easier to eat intentionally and harder to eat impulsively? And so within that, there's things that you can do, like just simply buying some, buying less of the traditional snack foods at the grocery store or trading them out for healthier alternatives. So basically, if it's not in your home already, you're less likely to make a huge effort to go out and get it. And even better, if you have an alternative, you can have that instead and that can still be satiating for whatever craving it is that you're having. And literally what I was going to say, exactly what Jen just was talking about, you have this big family size bag of something, right? Take that bag and reportion it into snack bags, right? So you already have your portions for you. You eat out of the snack bag as opposed to the giant family bag, right? Or they even have like snacks these days that are pre-portioned that you can mm -hmm. buy. So like, that's an option too. Yeah. Um, you can also um, time your not so healthy snacks. So eat your less nutritious snack after your largest meal. So you're <laughs> feeling more full. So just naturally you're going to eat less of it. Um, and then the last thing that you can try with that, which is actually my favorite, um, schedule your snacking into your meal prep. Literally what Jen was just saying with Tori, right? Create space for it, right? If it fits into your macros, if it fits into your day, then what's the problem with it, right? You can even like organize a once a week or once every other week, like fun event with like your friends and family, or maybe you go out to like your favorite dessert restaurant, right? And you make it more of like an, a fun experience or event, something you look forward to. So you basically... You, it helps you from choosing to have it all the time, right? Because now you want to save it for that special family and friends fun time. Um, and then the last step that you guys can try is really just understanding you're going to impulsively eat on occasion, right? It's just going to happen. So just accept it. And it's okay, right? Like own the decision, accept it when it happens and understand why it happened make the adjustments if necessary, and then move on. You wipe the slate clean. You guys know that we talk about this, right? Wipe the slate clean. It's a fresh day. Do something different, right? Than you did yesterday, because all in all, like we all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to have pleasure in what we want to eat, but we also all deserve to live freely with our choices while still being and feeling in control. And so it is completely not necessary for you to be or feel deprived for the sake of getting to your health goal, right? Your body's not going to be mad at you and send you spiraling backwards on your goals because you ate Oreos today, right? Your body responds and operates from behaviors over a period of time, not just one day and not just one scenario. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
you know, I had this conversation with a client recently where she was saying the happy bot squad, it feels like structured flexibility. Yeah. I liked the way that she put that. She was like, I want a structured plan that I can follow, but I also want that permission to go off path. If that's like what my lifestyle is calling for in that moment. And Mm -hmm. I was like, cool, structured flexibility. Um, and we're almost like pre it's like premeditated deviation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is why we ask you ladies to pre-plan your meals and your foods on my fitness pal, because what can happen is if you're just going meal by meal over the course of the day, you can get to the end of the day and there's no room left for flexibility. There's right. no room left for snacks and treats and these different indulgences. And then it feels like, man, I now can't eat the Oreos or I can't right. eat the chips, but I really want them versus if you go into my fitness pal the day before or the week before and you add the Oreos first, you can then reverse engineer mm-hmm. all the other meals around it to some make sure that you're able to hit your calorie goal and most importantly, your protein goal. Y'all know I'm the protein queen. Find me <laughs> on TikTok. Those are the videos. People just, they love protein, which is really important because it's a macronutrient that we know is so valuable, um, but feels very confusing. And there's not a lot of like, easy to digest information out there um, when it comes to this kind of thing. And to Rio, Coach Rio's point on pre-portioning those snack foods. So I would say option one is doing exactly what she said, getting the larger size and then pre-portioning it. The other one, guys, is like, for me personally, I'm at a point in my life where it just makes sense to buy the smaller container versus taking the time to pre-portion things. You can get the snack size packs like Coutrio was saying, or, um, you know, from like a mental perspective, now I choose to buy the smaller bag, even though it's more expensive cost per chip, <laughs> then I'm also going to appreciate it more. That's a good right? point. Yeah. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to savor it more. And it's just going to like, from a psychological perspective, I'm going to get like I'm going to place more significance on it versus being like, oh yeah, this was the cheaper option. So I can just eat it all right now because I saved so much money, you know, um, just put it on the happiness tax, um, for paying more for the smaller size. Um, that's the perspective I love to take. So anyways, Cotrio, I just want to say thank you so much for having this conversation with me, with me today, just teaching our clients on the importance of having snacks over the course of the day and also just allowing yourself to indulge, to have a treat, to follow the 80-20 rule. I know that there are so many clients listening to this right now who in the past have gone with the all or nothing, the 100-0, and it works for a little while. Like it does work, otherwise we would never incorporate it, but then it stops working. And this is why our clients here are so successful. And this is why I love having you on the squad and other team members as well. So I appreciate you so stinking much. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. I had so much fun chatting about this, but I love talking about food. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. We could easily talk about this all day long. These episodes could be hours long, Uh, (laughs) but I don't think you guys listening would be super happy with us. podcast. Uh, was 90 minutes. Um, Either way, thank you so much, Coach Rio. Um, If you're listening, send Coach Rio some love, shoot her a message on Slack, send her a message in the app, let her know that you appreciate her. Come to her office hours as well. And ladies, I hope that you have the most amazing, incredible rest of your week. And always, always, always remember, squad, that the best is yet to come.